This is the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I am Justin Oswald. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Justin Oswald underscore. Proceed with caution. With me today again is Brad Livingston. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Uh, another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. And, uh, man, we're just super pumped. It's it's uh, making our way through July. It's the summer. It is hot. Bro. So hot. Hot outside. And uh, so we're uh, we're... we're had a good time Sunday. Kona Ice Truck was out there. Kona Ice was out Kona there. Kona Ice always brings a new, like, bring, it almost breathes life into our physical bodies as the Lord breathes spiritual. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I had uh, my snow cone or two. Um, but yeah, it was a good time, man. Great Sunday, great week. And uh, man, making our way through it, It's uh, it's been good. It's been a good summer so far. Excited about August and September. We got some plans to roll through that with some interesting uh interesting sermon series and all that stuff and you know before we get waist deep man if these podcasts have been uh doing something for you if you've really been enjoying those do us a favor share them on your social media and don't forget to rate us man give us five stars um you know you can give us four but i'm going to email you and tell you how terrible of an idea that was no, i'm just kidding like feel free to uh to rate us on itunes uh, if you're listening via that channel um but rate us either way we'd appreciate that that just help us get in front of more people so make sure that you uh make sure that you go out there rate us share it all that good stuff yes and if uh, if you want to hear something, if you have some questions, something maybe we can answer, again, feel free to tweet. Uh, you can tweet. You can find me on Twitter at Brad Livingston underscore, um, and then like Justin said, at Justin Oswald underscore for him. So feel free to send us a tweet, ask us questions, or send us an email. Uh, you can send us that email to follow up at transformationchurch.com. Right. So if there's something, maybe you have some questions, comments, concerns something we can uh maybe answer or help you guys out with feel free to send us something and we'll uh, we'll do that but for this week justin this week this week we talked about the know-how the know-how right. so we took uh three weeks that's right and towards the end of the summer here we took three weeks and and really wanted to talk to our people a little bit we want to talk to some of our tc folks and um you know every time we every time we preach every time we have a service we always try to 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 present it in such a way that unsafe people can make sense of it um but you know the end of july really the month of july and the month of august we really kind of do some some work um trying to help our people out and so uh last week and this week and next week uh will be three weeks that we're really centering on encouraging our people to go out um and be an impact man like impact your sphere of influence impact your your workplace community neighborhood you know talk about talk about jesus, jesus man a little yeah. bit you know? <laughs> so what a crazy idea yeah right 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 you know and uh i love a phrase you you know you've said it quite a quite a bit and i've been using it the last two weeks which is you know that the gospel was never come and see oh yeah like, it was never come and see it was always go and tell yeah and that you know that whole that that little quote is um kind of tongue in cheek in a sense because at the same time you could you know like you mentioned in the in sunday you know like some people you know maybe you're very introverted and and all these things it's like the cool thing is you can you you should be able to invite your friends family close people neighbors workers whatever to church and the church do its part 
you know, as far as, you know, you know, if they come at least to our church, they're, they're going to get a good experience. They're going to get um, greeted properly. There's going to be a good spot for kids. Worship and music is going to be great. Even if you don't know, even if you yet to believe the words we're singing, you know, you'll still like the music and uh, that type of thing. And then we're always going to bring a, you know, a biblically based gospel centered, you know, type of message. Uh, and they'll have an opportunity to meet to meet Jesus. So we'll do our part. Um, the the purpose behind even saying that is kind of like this. Uh, so many times, though, you know, it's especially if you look at any pastor or church's Facebook page on Saturday, <laughs> you know, we joke about this a lot. They're all the same. You know, life changing message tomorrow. Knew this. Don't miss it. Be there. All these things. It's like it's it's turned into come and see, come and see what we're doing instead of go and tell. That's kind of where I I got that from and why I say that. We we should be going out and talking, just like you said. But um, you know, I think the church does have responsibility too when someone does invite someone for it not to be weird and creepy and yeah. And um, you, you know, we should kind of do do our part. Well, here's and here's the thing. Even that, like inviting like inviting your unsafe friends and all that even there's there's even a portion to going for that you know what i'm saying i think i think the totally. idea is is that when we talk about it's not about come and see is it's not about waiting for people to want to come to our church and then on their own initiative walking through our doors because they were looking for us you know there's right. a there's an aspect of go and tell and even if your go and tell ends with, you know, come check out our church. You really exactly. love it. Then so be it. You know what I mean? I think that's fine. But, you know, to to just hope, you know, uh, I, I it's the uh, it's the phrase that Matt Chandler uses and I, I used on Sunday. You know, it's like you've heard the phrase like always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. It's like it's always necessary yeah. to use words. I mean, I get what that's <laughs> Implies. Trying, it, it, yeah. is trying to say, you know, like your life. Right. You, you know, because if, if you're preaching one thing, but you live another way, sure. I get what that's trying to say. But yeah, you, you know, but it's like your, your life should mean more to someone than necessarily just your words. Like if you're, if you're the office grump and you come in, you know, cussing up a storm <laughs> and you treat everybody yeah. like crap, but then you want to tell people, how they should live and you know how, why they should follow Jesus. Like that's really not, you know, yeah, that's no, really not communicating a whole lot. So, um, I, I get what that's trying to say, but I agree. Yeah. Which that kind of, that kind of leads us into what we have today. So let's jump into it, man. We've, we, uh, you know, last week, this week and next week, we're all kind of starting off with Matthew four, 18 and 19, where Jesus is walking by the sea of Galilee. He comes up, uh, on Simon, uh, and Andrew, they're casting a net and Jesus comes to them in verse 19. He said to them, follow me and I will make you right. And Sunday we talked about all the things, especially in the Bible belt, man, like down here, it's so religious. And, and I know it gets different. Oh, the Lord. further North you get, it gets a little different, but down here in the South, man, everyone is a church goer. Well, not everyone, but it seemed the larger demographic compared to other places in the country you know, in the South, people go to church. They know about church. They know, you know, so whenever they think about what Jesus was here for, it's to make them better people. It's to make them read their Bible more. It's to make them more religious, make them show up to church more often. And, so, yeah. and none of those things are bad things. Acting right. Acting right. Acting, right. I'm using air quotes. Air act, quotes. Act, act, acting better. Yeah, you know, acting all. better. And, and even, like we've talked about this in the past, how many pastors we know that that fall prey to the mentality uh, of behavior modification, Ugh. 
rather than soul transformation. Lots. You know what I mean? Lots. And uh, so it's it's modifying, you know, don't do the bad things, do the good things. Um, and Jesus didn't come to get away, get us away from our bad thing. Well, I should say Jesus didn't only, only come, come to just get us away from bad things, get us towards good things. Um, man, it, it's about transformation. And in that transformation, recognizing the necessity of other people experiencing that same transformation. Right. And uh, so the only way to do that, you know, when Jesus says to follow me, isn't that we become better. It's that we become fishers of men. You know what I mean? And, uh, and, and we saw in Luke uh, where it says that I'm going to help. I want you to catch people, mm-hmm. you know, you've been catching fish, but now I want you to catch people. And so, um, Man, so Jesus' ultimate desire in transforming our heart is that he would help us go get others and transform theirs as well. Yeah. You know, I thought of something before we get too into this. I was just thinking of something that you you just said talking about um, how religious it is down our way. And this podcast I listened to yesterday talking about uh, there was a I forget the guy's name or what church he's a part of, but he's an author. He's written some books and um, his whole his whole thing is talking about the word of God. And how the word of God isn't talking about the Bible, like the Bible, like we get so like so many people are so um, we need to need to think about Jesus more. It's kind of what he was saying is it's removing Jesus from the word of God. And he, he had to kind of he has to explain himself and what he means, because he's like, you know, I love the Bible. I studied every day. But, you know, when the Bible mentions the word of God in it, it's not talking about itself as a book. It's talking about Jesus you know, as the word of God. But sometimes he, when you, I was thinking of that, I say all that to say when you talk about religious, it's like sometimes it's all about uh, the, a book, right? And like those are, those are just pages. Those are just word. you know, you know what I mean? Like it is the word of God because God spoke it, right. uh, but Jesus is the word of God. But man, I, I may not have even brought all that up. It made me think of that when I thought, cause I was thinking to myself how religious we can be in churches, even with, even with the Bible and uh, not to say, and he, and I'm going to say, cause he did, it's not to say that the Bible isn't important. We shouldn't have it, but he was talking about, you know, when it refers in the word to the word of God, it's not really referring to itself as a book. It's referring to a person, you know, right. Jesus being the word of God and all those things, or actually spoken words of God. You yeah. Know, you know, the word became um, flesh. Right. So, um, but it just made me think of that when you're talking about how religious we can be, you know, where it's, it's um, the book itself is holy, but it's not like to say, it's not sacred in, in a sense, as far as the actual, like the Bible sitting on my desk in there, you know, it, it's, it's important and it matters, but what is really important is what it's talking about and who it's talking about. Right, right, right. Because I and I, I get what you're saying. You know, I was I told someone the other day, we were talking about the Bible. You know, and and someone was talking about you know use. We've heard this before, and I grew up in church, so we grew we heard this a lot. It's like basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like that's how yeah. we view the Bible, and it's like not even close, man. Like not not even close. It, the Bible is never, the Bible was never and is never meant to be for us uh, a book of do's and don'ts or instruction manual or anything. The Bible, 100% of the time, from Genesis chapter 1 to the end of Revelation, is about Jesus and his redemptive plan for man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. that is 100% the goal of the book that we read and going back to what you're talking about, it's in, it's the inspired word of God. The Bible is right. But, but Jesus is God, like Jesus being right. Because the the, the religion, the religiosity behind it is, you know, you could almost 
find people that will act like the Bible is sitting on my desk, like that God actually wrote those words and it's you, you, like mine, right? right you right, know, right. it's like, and then you you add in the translations and all these things that people want to argue about and, you know, King James only and all these, you know, don't read the message and all these different things. It's oh. like, um, so, but the, what the guy was talking about is because the guy is a believer, you know, is a Christian, serves in his church. It was just, it was just an interesting take on, you know, looking more at Jesus in the scripture and who it's talking about in the word of God actually being Jesus, not actually the book that you have on your yeah. shelf. You know? Which is one of the reasons why I'm so, but I'm so amped up about the leadership pipeline. Yeah. And I'll pause for a second to put a plug in for the leadership pipeline. Like if you're a listener out there, uh, especially if you're in the Pensacola area, man, go to transformationchurch.com. Hit pause on your podcast app right now. Go to transformationchurch.com slash pipeline and register for the pipeline. Um, it's going to be amazing. One of the things that we do in there, uh, one of the things we're going to do in the pipeline is do a breakdown with Platts, with David Platts, um, you know, Secret Church from 17, 2017. Um, oh, the authority of scripture. The authority of scripture, which, yeah. dude, I've sat in seminary classes. I've sat under like that's flat killed. Yeah, that's that, a that's a like, whole that whole workbook thing is fantastic. It's phenomenal. So we're going to use that, but then we're also going to do we're also going to uh, expound on you know what we learned in there. So, so what is the leadership pipeline? So the leadership pipeline. Uh, it's so funny. I was talking to one of our guys from the church this morning about the pipeline. Adam, I'm giving you a shout out, Adam, um, uh, on the podcast. But um, we were talking about it this morning, and so um, you know I, I went through seminary. Um, I thought seminary was, um, honestly, I, I felt like seminary was for the most part, a tremendous waste of time. Personally, I know other people that have gone to seminary. They got a lot from it. I support it. I'm not saying all seminary is a waste of time for me. I felt like it was a waste of time. And here's the reason why I had the, I had the honor of being raised in the house under the guy who is a founding pastor of our church, who is sought after in varying states and countries around the world to come teach and be a part of pouring into their schools. Uh, I grew up in that house. So by the time I got to seminary, I was almost just twiddling my thumbs because I was like, you know, this is just outlandish. Not only that, but unless the seminary is going to rewrite their curriculum every four years right now, they're already behind. Any seminary that's talking about tracks is already behind. Like any seminary that's talking about CDs and recording your sermons and handing them out and selling right. them on your website is already like you're already missing it. Any any seminary that's you know that's taking you through that that route is already missing. Like so, even from a that's a logistical perspective, let alone the spiritual one, right? So it's just like it was one of those things. I was like, good grief, man! I just I and then you add on to the fact that. Man, in many of these seminaries, you're having to, because you're you're aiming to get a degree, you're taking classes that don't have anything to do with actual ministry. You're learning from oftentimes, not always, oftentimes you're learning from professors who are never actually in the ministry. They got a degree in ministry and started teaching mm-hmm. ministry to ministry students, but were never actually in it to start with. Like there were many cases where, I would, I sat under a few people in classes. I was in ministry longer than they were. And it was like, you know, they were, they would be teaching something about leadership or how to interact with people. And I was like, that's a hundred percent wrong, like dead wrong. Because, um, I had been brought up in ministry, 
um, and learn from people who I considered to be far, had far surpassed the people I was sitting under in seminary. So all that to say, um, man, I just kind of got to where I, looking back on it, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll tell people this, you know, I'm one 30,000 word paper away from a, a big accomplishment when it comes to schooling and I have no desire to do it because it doesn't mean anything to me because I wouldn't say I regret going, but I, I, it wasn't as valuable for me as a person. No. All that to say, so that was a long, long answer. All that to say, I want to equip, and Pastor Dan and I, and, and even you, we've had this conversation, our desire is to equip the saints for ministry and people who have a genuine desire for ministry to be a part of the rest of their life, to equip them with tools and information and application, but not overwhelm them with content. I don't want to train them on how to take a test so that they can get a degree so that they can say they have a degree to get a position. Mm -hmm. I would rather equip them to transform people's lives so that at the end of the day, at the end of our life, when we stand before God, we can say that we were equipped and we can see a sea of people, you know, person after person after person in heaven that by the grace of God, we were able to impact because we are, we were equipped and so the pipeline is about equipping people for ministry, um, not giving them, not, and I'm not downing this, but it's not about a degree. It's right. about being equipped. It's, it's, it's almost like an alternative to, right. to a degree. If you wanted to be in ministry and the only options out there right now, as far as, you know, an education right. is, is going to a Bible college or seminary. Cause I, I'm, I'm the same way. I went to one, you know, I, I, I liked mine a little more than you sound like you like yours, but I do agree that most of it is is not uh, there's not a tons of practicality behind it. It's, right, it's information and knowledge and stuff. I think you need to know, which we will be talking about in the pipeline. Oh yeah, we're, we're going to be teaching. It's, we're going to give content. Yeah, but it's 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 uh it's I consider it the perfect marriage of application and information. Yeah, and uh, so that's our goal with uh, that's our goal with the pipeline. You know, so man, if you're out there listening, man, go right now transformationchurch.com/pipeline. Click on register now um, because we're pumped about that. Why? But why, man? It's all about it's all about having our life equipped to do the thing that God has called us to do. So yeah. um, that's our that's our goal. That's what we're setting out for. And so we're uh, we're we're super pumped um, about that. So man, even, getting back to what we're doing, like so, the pipeline is going to help make us better fishers of men. You know, what was Jesus talking to Simon and Andrew about? Becoming fishers of men. Um, and the pipeline is going to uniquely equip, you know, uh, different people on how they're going to do that. You know, I was telling one of my, I was telling one of our guys to, this morning, you know, that God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called, you know? Um, and so here we are talking about the, the necessity of fishing. And so, and using a little bit of wisdom with that, right? Proverbs eleven thirty says the fruit of a righteous person is a tree of life and he who wins souls is wise right and then we see colossians 4 5 and 6 says be wise in the way you act towards acts outsiders make the most of every opportunity right mm -hmm. let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone and so just kind of looking at the things where you know god is talking about that there's wisdom for those who know how to engage lost people you know, and we even talk Sunday about like the turn to burn people, you know what I mean? <laughs> like street corner preachers, you know, turn to, turn to Jesus or you're burning in hell forever. And, and there's truth in that statement, 
but I think there's error in the application. <laughs> like, Humongous. You know what I'm saying? I've been yelled at and I'm not, not going to hell. Oh, right, like, right. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Right. So, <laughs> so to yell at me that you're going to hell right. is incorrect. Right. Right. You know, so it's like the first, the, yeah, humongous problem. <laughs> so, so we talked about some fishing wisdom and, and, uh, taking a, uh, a page from pastor Chris, uh, one of the pastors that we, we are under and, uh, kind of taking a page from him, which is awesome. And, and so we're looking at three areas that we need to use wisdom while we're fishing for men, right? Three areas that we need to use wisdom while we're fishing for men. The first one is our moment, Justin, our, our moment. moment. That's right. Looking for key opportunities. And we talked about Sunday how God strategically creates intersections in our life where we cross paths with other people. Um, and I, I'm kind of amped up. Uh, Pastor Dan's going to be on our podcast next week. Um, and when he's on our podcast next week, he's going to tell a story of this exact thing happening uh, just this past week. But yeah, man, like God creates intersections in our life where we're going to cross paths with people every single day that need hope. They need joy. They need to know Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what's missing in their life. And he wants to create those. Psalms 37, 23. Read that for us, Justin. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then Proverbs 16, 9. What is that one? In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. And we talked even about this Sunday, you know, how oftentimes... You know, we'll be planning something at home. We're planning on leaving at a certain time and something will happen and we don't leave. You know what I mean? Like kid, you know, the kid throws up on his shirt and you got to go change him. You know what I mean? If you have children or, or if you're single, you know, you went to go get in your car and you forgot, you you know, your wallet, you got to go back inside. Now you can't find it. Where was it? You know, it was in your pants from yesterday or what, like whatever, like you end up five minutes, 10 minutes behind the time that you were intending on. So your plan was to leave at X time for whatever reason it didn't happen. And you left five or 10 minutes later. And then all of a sudden you find yourself at the gas station and you cross paths with someone that had you left on time, you never would have crossed paths with. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, that's the Lord strategically plans our steps. So even though we have our plans, the Lord, uh, he determines our steps and puts us where we need to be when we need to be there. And, um, and so he's, the Lord is very strategic about that. And even from, even from the degree, I think he, uh, you know, I, I grew up hearing this a lot. He even does it from a, I think from a standpoint of like of safety, sometimes he'll cause us to be behind, you know, so I, I think about how frustrated I don't like to be late. I know some people like we joke a lot because you know, I'm, if I'm on time, I'm right on time. You know what I mean? Rarely am I 30 minutes early for something, but I don't like to be late either. Um, but you know, I've, I've noticed, and I think about sometimes like when I'm, when I'm trying to hurry to get somewhere and, and, you know, um, I'm a little later than I would like to be or whatever the case may be, um, you know, about how, you know, the enemy has a plan, you know, to, to maybe he has a plan to, to try to take you out at that red light or try to, you know, what, like well, all those things, you know what I mean? Like yeah. have a car hit your car or whatever. And, and, um, you know, because something happened because that guy cut you off in traffic, it slowed you down. And you didn't get hit by that car that ran that red light or just whatever. Like it's so the Lord's so strategic about determining our steps and, and going before us. So, um, in, in our moment, we talked about three things that we want to do, um, for people's lives, like three things we want to do, um, in our moments to ensure our effectiveness 
when we're reaching lost people. So the first one, Justin. Be intentional in every relationship. Be intentional in every relationship, right? So every relationship that we have, we want to be intentional about how we engage those people, about how we talk to them, how we how we uh, continue to uh, minister to them, even though in certain ways that what doesn't quote unquote look like ministry, right? Like, so being intentional about every relationship, you know, we, we talk about pastor Dan talks about it a lot and, and we're going to talk about it more about always having a list, always having at least one name that you're saying, like, I'm going, you know, I, I want to make it my goal that I'm going to impact this person or these lists of names mm-hmm. uh, with, with the gospel for Jesus. And so uh, being intentional in every relationship and looking for the opportunity to talk to them about Jesus and the hope that comes from him. Right. So, and then this next is find the spirit, their spiritual spot, find their spiritual spot that every person that we talk to, there's, there's something that makes them excited to wake up. There's something that makes them excited to get out of bed. Whether it's some people, it's their work. Some people, it's their family. Some people, it's a hobby. Um, you know, it, it, Whatever it is, connecting that to Jesus in their life uh, will help us move forward. And then uh, the third one is add value to them. Add value to them. That's a big one. Yeah. And I, and I, I reference a podcast that we don't talk about on Sunday mornings. <laughs> we don't give out the name of the podcast on Sunday mornings uh, because um, it can be colorful. We'll use the word colorful. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and, uh, but the the guy that hosts the podcast and, and many of if you know who he is, then you know who he is. But he, he has a phrase, jab, 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 right hook. As a book, he wrote a book. He, he wrote a book that, on yeah. it. Yeah, jab, 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 right hook. Yeah. And, and uh, anyways, in that, he talks about how he never asks people for something when, before he's added value to them. So he, like, the jab, jab, jab talking about like adding value to them you know he like he gives and he gives and he gives yeah. like he's it's, give, a, it's a metaphor give yeah. give give then ask yeah, give yeah. give give yeah. then ask and and when we engage people in our worlds a lot of times we go straight to them and we say you need this thing i have come with me to my church but we haven't added any value to them we haven't taken them to lunch buy them coffee you know what i mean like get to know who they are invite them to your house and cook dinner for them like you know don't make them pitch in ten dollars on the pizza like you just buy it for them like you know like add value to them find find an area in their life that they really could use some help and and talk you know i i, I have a group of guys i text every monday morning like i have a reminder on my phone it goes off i, I send text all of them and for most of them it's just like hey i'm praying for you i love you is there anything special that you need like how can i pray for you today like what what areas of your life do you need um, some help in like what areas would you like to see God kind of change for you? And for me, it's strictly about adding value to them. I don't ask for anything back. I don't say, well, here's what you could do for me. Like, I'm just saying like, Hey, how can I pray for you today? And in that I'm adding value to them. Mm-hmm. And many of them aren't saved yet. So when the day comes that, um, I get to say like, Hey, you know, I think now's the time. And the Lord prompts me to, to like, they know I've added value to them over a long period of time. So when I ask them to come to my church, when I ask them if I can talk to them about the Lord, they're more prone to say yes, because I'm not trying to force something on them that I have. They know I care more more about them than I care about them just believing what I believe. Right. So adding value. That's, um, and that's, that's big. Yeah. I th- and I think it's a lost art in the church. You know what I mean? So 
Um, and getting to the point where First Corinthians 3, 6 says, my work was to plant the seed in your hearts, and Apollo's work was to water it, but it was God, not we, who made the garden grow in your hearts. And so we're talking about with the gospel there is like, Man, we want to when we when we add value to people, you know, we're planting seeds, and some of us are watering seeds. But it's not up to us to try to cultivate the garden. At the end of the day, that's on God. Like God's responsibility is to draw those that are far from Him close to Him. John six forty four says, "No one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws them." Which means it's up. It's His responsibility. It's up to us to plant. Jab. It's up to us to water. Jab. You know what I mean? It's it's up to us to fertilize. Jab. Um, and, and at some point we may ask, right, invite them to our world, invite them to our church, invite them to believe, you know, by, 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 um, leading them in a prayer themselves or ourselves. But at the end of the day, man, we, we want to give and add value as we're working towards that, you know? So then number two, Justin, what you got? Number two is our manner, our manner, right? And, uh, some, so are the manners or the manner, the way essentially is what we're talking about. Like right. the way that we do this, or like we need to have wisdom in the way we present the gospel to people and the way that we give them Matthew five, 13 and 14. Um, and this is a message translation. So this is a paraphrase. I said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out God flavors of the earth. And here's another way to put it. You're here to be light bringing out the God colors in the world. Uh, And then it jumps down in the NIV. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that you may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. You know, so we talk about God and we, and we, we be the seasoning in people's lives that they need. we be the light in people's lives, pointing them to Jesus. um, And when they see our good deeds, and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to live the life. What was the shoemaker? You, you, there's the, the thing about the shoemaker. Oh, yeah. Um, hold on. <laughs> I have all these stupid quotes in my head. Um, yeah, it's old. It's old. I, th- I think it's... Like, the, the Christian shoemaker's duty is not to sew little crosses on all the shoes. It's to make good shoes. Right, right. You, like, you know, like... like we, we Just do what... Do, provide a quality product. And his, you know, provide a quality product that people want and you know you don't have to you know put crosses on everything uh, right, it's, right 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 it's uh just like right be be you be, yeah be, be, be a good representation be a representation of jesus you know so be salt seasoning like be a representation like make the life of people around you like that and be a light you know point them to jesus then they'll see those good deeds um as we declare with our mouth because again the words of the gospel are still important so three things we can do for our manners, right? Three things we can do in our manner. Number one, make things better and brighter, make things better and brighter, you know? And, uh, what we were talking about there is, is man, do something unexpected, you know, walk into work tomorrow, you know, with a box of Krispy Kreme donuts, you know what I mean? Or walk in there with, um, you know, go to Walmart tonight or Sam's club or target, you know, whatever, go somewhere, go to a store tonight and you know those little popsicles, the popsicles that come in the clear wrapper that we all used to eat when we were kids, oh, yeah. like the long frozen the cool, ice, the, f- the frozen Kool Aid, frozen ice. Yeah, <laughs> the ones that would give you like cut you on the sides of your yeah, your mouth if good. you weren't careful. Like, go pick up. It's hot, bro. Everybody knows it's hot. There ain't one person in Florida that doesn't know it's hot. It's so go hot. buy a box of two hundred of those from the store tonight for twelve dollars or whatever. 
freeze them in your freezer, put them in an ice chest and bring them to work tomorrow and just hand them out. Like just, you don't have to say, cause Jesus loves you. you know, just hand out the popsicles. Like why? Cause you're making people's day better and brighter. And ain't it, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. just walk in man and let people, let people be happy that you're here. How many people walk in the door? Not for us. Thank God. Not for us. Cause I love our staff. I love who we get to work with. But I think back to other jobs I've had when certain people walked in, you just rolled your eyes and were like, great, that person's here today. Man, I'm telling you. Don't be that guy, listener or or girl. Or woman. Or woman. Like, don't be the person that people dread when you walk in their door. Like, don't be that person. Be the person that makes everyone's day better and brighter. You know what I mean? Like, be the salt seasoning, be the light. Um, And then number two... Is uh, step into their world. Step into their world. Like, get engage people where they're at. Don't try to bring them necessarily into your world without becoming a part of theirs. Uh, I, I always tell people all the time, I'm like, if you're going to evangelize someone, if you're going to talk to them about Jesus, if you're going to fish for them, quote unquote, according to what we're talking about today, like, you better know their kids' names. You better know what their hobby is. Like, do they like to fish? Do they like to hunt? Do they like basketball? Can you talk to them about something other than God? Like, if you're not in their world, you're going to have a hard time talking their language and helping them come towards Christ. Now, at the end of the day, God can create sovereign opportunities. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that has to happen. If the Lord wants to create a sovereign opportunity, someone may knock on your door. Know that you're a believer, knock on your door and say they want to meet Jesus. That can totally happen. And it does. Well, it goes back to the adding value. Right. You know, it's it's all connected. Yeah. So they're not, you're not gonna they're not gonna come into your world unless you've provided value. Right. So you step know. into theirs. You know, I got uh, one of my neighbors that I've talked about before. So I talk about my neighbor. Yeah. You know, like I, I've made it my mission. Like so, uh, he has two little boys, um, and both of them are like are all of a sudden they're infatuated with basketball. They love basketball. The other day I got home. It it was it was a little hot, but it was it was one of those days where it wasn't like scorching hot. They're in the front yard or in their driveway playing basketball. And like Ashley wasn't home yet. I just had a little bit of time. So I was like, so I saw them shooting. And so I walked over there and just started giving them some help. Like, hey, like Nick, from now on, when you shoot, like do this, don't do like, and I was just over there talking. Well, then he pulls up, you know, and he's getting out and he's talking to me. And he's like, yeah, I was just, you know, I was helping the boys out with a few things in basketball. He knows I played basketball. So we've had those many of those conversations and uh, I say, you know, if they ever want any help, man, you just let me know. I'll be clapping, you know, like you see my truck here, come knock on the door. I'll come over. I'll help them, you know, whatever. All that to say, like, I, I wasn't asking for anything. It's just like, right. here's an opportunity to take a passion and a gift that I have and make a difference in their life with it. And I'm adding value to them so that when the day comes, right. that the Lord opens up that door or whatever, exactly. um, they're, they're like, he's going to be more than willing to walk through it. And so it's a lot easier, you know? So, and then number three. Show them unconditional love. Show them unconditional love. And um, I think this is a big one because a lot of times we we gauge whether or not people are worthy of our attention based on um, how much we like them or how much we agree with them on different things about life. Political agenda, like all those things. Like, I don't want to interact with that person. They're a Democrat. Or I don't want to interact with that person. They're a Republican. And it's like mm. unconditional love yeah we we have a hard time understanding that it's usually conditional it's it's very much (laughs) conditional with us as humans yeah it's very much conditional but we show them unconditional love doesn't matter like your belief system 
doesn't dictate whether or not I share the gospel with you. Like we can, we can, we can agree to disagree on a hundred different things. We can even agree to disagree on whether or not Jesus is the savior of the earth. But in our disagreement about that, I'm still going to preach that he was, (laughs) that he was, and that even the person's idea that he wasn't, Jesus came to save them from that. Like, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not conditional, man. I, I, you know, we have to love all these people. You said it before, like how would people ever know we love them? If it's clear, we don't like them. If it's clear, we don't like them, you know? So like that, and that's been my beef with, with all the stuff going on, like in the world right now, even with, and a lot of, so many things are not political, but they, they cross but over. They, are. <laughs> they cross over because of, you know, like the, the, you know, like the refugees and stuff. Like to me, that's not very political yet. One side is for it. One side's against it. kind of turns political. And I, and, and I don't like that part, but it's like, you know, no, none of the brown people aren't going to believe you love them. If it's clear, you don't like them because you're trying to make things, huh. including policy or whatever that only benefits white people or, you know, and that's really, huh. that's going out on a limb saying that, but you know what I mean? It's like, no, absolutely. It's like, it's, no one's going to believe you love them. The, no one's going to, you're not going to go to these. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to get on that. <laughs> that can be a long conversation, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you you can't go minister to homeless people doing outreach. Listen, and yeah. then act like oh don't touch don't touch me. You know, you, right? It's just right. like they're not gonna believe they're not gonna believe you love them. And if you're out there trying to talk talk to them about Jesus and you're you're Jesus's representation in that moment, man, they may how they're supposed to believe Jesus loves them. Listen, you don't. We're super blessed at Transformation Church. I say we're blessed, but we're also we also aggressively pursue it. Right? Um, we're blessed in that we have a very multi-racial diverse congregation Huge. like we we would agree you know what i mean like uh Ab- j- abnormally diverse yeah a- abnormally diverse and at least for our part of the world oh, define what you mean by that justin in the south <laughs> in the south we have uh we're very blessed in that and so what i'm getting at is this um you know we talk about we we talk about uh, even in our code. We just released our code, right? Uh, which one of the phrases in our in our code that we have for TC, which is like what defines kind of who we are, um, and it, it is uh, unity uh, is greater than loyalty. And the phrase that we use is that we will fight for each other's right to have a seat at the table. We stick together, mm-hmm. and, and it's like I, I don't care what you look like. Like here, at the end of the day, you want to know why we're so diverse. And people ask us this all the time. Pastors out there that are listening, people like we get this question constantly. We're not the only diverse church in Pensacola. When I say diverse, we don't have one black person or one Hispanic person. Like we're genuinely diverse. Like a large percentage of our church being a number of different ethnicities and all those things. And how do we do it? We do it because Saturday night we went to dinner. You, me, like you and I, with a number of other people, and at the table there were uh, Hispanic people, there were black people, there were white people, there was people from Ecuador, there were Vietnamese people. Like, they, like mm-hmm. we sit at the dinner table together. I don't let someone's belief system, and some of them don't agree with me, or I don't agree with them in certain political arenas or certain whatever, 
but it doesn't matter. I love them. We go to dinner together. I know their kid's name. Their kid runs up every Sunday, hugs me around the leg. Like I give them a lollipop. Like, <laughs> like that's the life that we live. So how do we engage a lost world with the gospel, particularly a lost world or, or, or I should say lost people in our world that may look differently than us, love them, even though they look different, like, you know, like value them yeah. regardless of what they look like or how yeah. much income they have. Cause that could be another thing. Like it's, it's not always about race. Sometimes it's about income equality. Sometimes it's about, you know, valuing them because they have value because of what their bank account looks like. Well, they're you know. image bearers of God. True. You know, Miles McPherson dog, they're image bearers of God. And it's what's so, fu- what's so funny is like, um, you know, at least in our part of the world, we, you mm-hmm. and I have rubbed up against or encountered some racism, even within Christianity. Right. And it's like, you know, the God that you worship, like, you know, you preach Jesus and you worship him. Like, you know, he didn't look like you. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, he was a little darker, right? a tad bit, you know, <laughs> like he was like a middle Eastern, like, <laughs> right. you know, he doesn't look like you yet. Yeah. You act like the, the only saved people are, as white as I am, you know, and it's like, I just don't understand. We're all image bearers. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's what Miles McPherson going back to that talked about was, you know, is, is seeing that in everyone and, and changing how we look at people. Cause when you, when you don't even humanize them, you give yourself permission to not love them. Yeah. And we, we have to, we have to love, and we can't do that. Yeah. We have to love our brothers and and go back to the real talk series. There's plenty more information on all that. If you want to, if you want more about that conversation, go back to our Real Talk series. You can check out both the follow-up and, and the actual sermons on yeah. that because we dealt with that a lot. And it was really good. It was good. It was really good. So, um, man, we, we have number three. Well, first, let's get that scripture because that's good, man. First Corinthians nine twenty two. Paul says, Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Um, and so, man, it's about finding what, what we have in common. We're always going to have differences with people. Like we, we, that will always be, um, some, it'll be easy to find differences with each other. We need to be looking for common ground that we can agree on so that we can start having conversations that are helpful and healthy. That's right. So the number three, the third, the third and final point, uh, after our, uh, our moment and our manner is our message, our message. So when talking about the wisdom that we're going to use, uh, our message, right? Which uh, we need to make sure we, we don't want to muddy up our message with nonsense that makes it hard to read or hard to hear, right? So 2 Timothy 2 23 and 25 says this don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Social media was the platform that I kind of communicated mostly on Sunday. Like how many of us are on social media having ridiculous conversations that aren't mm. helpful for anything? No. Because. And I'm guilty. My favorite thing about social media. My favorite thing about social media is how many people's minds that I get to change when I argue with them. Yeah. <laughs> That's sarcasm, oh. folks, in case you didn't pick that up. Like I've never seen someone on social media go by God, I think you're right. And then change their stance on something like, so why do we even bother with these foolish, ignorant 
arguments that only start fights, right? Then it keeps on going because be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. Mm. Hey, you know what I mean? And then it says, gently instruct those who oppose the truth. So don't call them an idiot. Don't do, like, you're so dumb. I can't believe you don't understand. Blah. Like, no, no, no. Gently instruct those who oppose the truth, not just your opinion of the truth. There's another one. That's Write that down. Perhaps. So going back to the truth, perhaps God will change those people's hearts and they will learn the truth. Right. But that's on God to change their mind and their hearts, man. Like. If God changed Pharaoh's heart, he can change anyone's heart, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's on him to do that. It's on us to love people. It's on God to change their heart That's and in right. turn changing their mind, right? Uh, then we jump over to 1 Peter 3, 15 to 16. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always prepared, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then we talked about three areas um, that we can uh, pay attention to in our message. And uh, let's start with the first one, Justin. Share the hope we have. Share the hope we have. There's a hope that we have inside of us that comes through Jesus. Um, and, and, and Sunday we kind of connected this to struggle a little bit that, you know, as we go through struggle, as we go through seasons and people go, man, how do you just keep staying like so grounded? It's like, man, let me tell you where my hope comes from. Like it all comes from Jesus. Like, and, and my, there's the other side of that, that the hope that we have is the fact that what happens on this earth isn't the end. Like there's a, you know, there's more, uh, in the eternity that awaits us. So we share the hope that we have. Right. And then number two is share my church share my church which even goes back to what we talked about in the very beginning that it's that we get to invite people to our church maybe maybe the idea of evangelizing to other people is still kind of a daunting task for some people go and tell them but if you can't close the deal yet by praying with them or connecting them to jesus then share the church, like get them to your church, you know, or get them to a church. Maybe your church isn't a great place to bring lost people because, you know, you guys have a different culture that they would be lost or confused. Then connect them to a church where it would be helpful for them. Because at the end of the day, our goal is to get people into the kingdom of God, you know. Um, and so that's where we have to recognize. So share my church for TC folks, for Chance to Mission Church folks. That's our mission, man. So feel free, share away, invite them. You know, I think you, I would, I put a challenge out to everyone that calls transformation church home, invite one person every week to come to church and meet them at whatever service you sit in, not the service that you serve in, but the service that you sit in, invite one person, you know what I mean? Like how, how quickly could you be changing people's lives through the grace of God? If that were the case, right? Because at the end of the day, and it's number three, the last one, share Christ, share Christ. Like we have a, we have a mission, we have a goal, uh, we have a direction. Jesus gave it to us. That's that we share him. We tell people about him, how good he is. And we try to plug people into the truth that Jesus is the answer folks. That's right. So let's plug him into it. It's been good. So that's it guys. It's about wisdom. So as we fish last week, we talked about the fact that we need to fish this week. We want to give you some instruction on some of the best ways to do that. And some things to keep in mind as we fish, as we tell people about Jesus. So we hope you guys enjoyed it. 
Justin, tell them where they can find us, man. They can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola or online, transformationchurch.com. Transformationchurch.com. We are going to drop a few links uh, in the description for this. So uh, some stuff for the pipeline. Uh, so, guys, make sure you uh, check that out and uh, make sure you get plugged in. But it's going to be a, a good time. We got next week um, that we're going to be wrapping up some of the fishing stuff. And then going into August, we got our detox series, which I'm pumped about. And then September, man, thought attacks. We got some exciting stuff coming up. Very much. I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty amped up about it. So keep tuning in. Keep checking us out. Again, you can find uh, uh, myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Brad Livingston underscore. I'm at Justin Oswald underscore. Uh, Instagram and Twitter as well. And then at Transformation Pensacola, like Justin already said, for the church, if you want to find more information about us there. Like, share, uh, rate, all those good things. And we'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. We love you. We'll catch you guys later. See you guys.